Hi there, welcome back. We're going to listen to a Billy Carson lecture about the science behind the power of manifestation and how to access it. We started about an hour in there because uh, I believe that's where I slept off. The world today is electric. That's why Thanks we for 400, chips, the 40, no, 344 program, or something like that. So so Even if it's law enforcement. That's the frequency that I've encapsulated from the Even the piggies process. have to learn Here something. That person 99.3. And so our avatars are tuned to these specific frequencies. We're picking up these frequencies. We're animating these bodies. And we're operating. Now, the thing about these bodies is these bodies, these avatars, they come with programming code built in. They come with RNA, they come with DNA. You know, this for a fact, they're just simple science. That our bodies store 15 to 20 generations of epigenetic memories. We come in here hard-coded memories and information from ancestors in our body. That's very hard to escape. What this scene here in the Matrix is, <clears throat> it's showing you he had gotten to the point where he understood that that was true. And that was a version of his reality. But the new reality and the new paradigm he's creating, he's understanding that he can reprogram his own body. He can reprogram his own mind because he realized the coding in our bodies can be altered and changed. This is this has now been proven to be true. And we're going to cover that shortly. <clears throat> Another thing that's interesting about our reality is in this third dimension, <clears throat> What we're considering to be solid matter is not really solid matter at all. And so we're living in this illusory state of being in the third dimension where solid matter really only is solid based off the illusion from a hologram projected from our own mind. Let me explain further. In physics, they found out that everything that exists in the third dimension exists as a wave. Waves of what? Waves of light. We can't see them because we only see a small percentage of the light spectrum, but they are waves of light. And they mean everything exists as waves. All particles, atoms, everything, quarks, leptons, they all exist as waves of light. Okay? What happens is when a conscious observer or consciousness interacts with those waves, they collapse those waves into solid matter. This right here, what you're looking at is the first picture, photograph of a particle that is in the middle stages of converting from a wave into a particle. This is something in quantum physics we call wave-particle duality. So in physics and chemistry, wave-particle duality holds that light and matter exhibit properties of both waves and particles. A central concept of quantum mechanics, duality addresses the inadequacy of conventional Plus, concepts like particle and wave um, meaningfully describe the behavior of quantum objects. The idea of duality is rooted in a debate over the nature of light and matter dating back to the 1600s. So we've known about this for a very, very long time. Isaac Newton and Christian Huygens would debate about this back in the day. But now, finally, today, we've got proof. We have validation that nothing is really here except consciousness. Okay? Consciousness is what's really here. And what's interesting is, for example, even the fact that I can pick up this jar, right? I'm holding this jar in my hand. I don't know if you can see me or not. I'm holding a jar. But the only thing that stops my hand from passing through that jar, because we know that atoms are mostly empty space, I'm not actually touching the jar. What's happening is 
the atoms in my, the electromagnetic frequency around the atoms in my fingers are, are repelling the electromagnetism in the atoms in this jar. And so what's happening is I think I'm actually holding this jar, but I'm not holding it. This is a result of magnetic field repulsion. Now, if I were to phase shift the atomic frequency of the vibration of the atoms in my hand, I can pass them right through this jar and the liquid in the jar with no problem. No problem. My hand wouldn't even be wet. I'd pass it right through if I can match that subatomic frequency, right? So we know that what, what is here is really truly illusory, but the benefit to knowing this is understanding that there's a superposition. Everything exists only as probabilities until it's collapsed into a reality. That's what's important about what I'm saying. Your reality is not fixed. Your destiny is not hard-coded and set. It can be changed. It can be altered. The Anunnaki, they had uh, they, uh, a few of them called themselves the ordainers of destiny, right? And so what they would do is they would look at this crystal tablet that they had. It sound like a, sounds like a, uh, a, you know, an iPhone tablet or whatever you guys call the iPad, right? And they would see all the superpositions, all the possibilities that could happen um, based on decisions that they would make. And then they would pick one. And then they would then make all the decrees and all the rules and laws based on the reality they want to collapse into their own reality tunnel. And they call themselves the ordainers of destiny. See? Showing that there's a superposition, meaning that there's multiple things that can happen depending on what decision you think or what decision you make. And that information can be collapsed into one solid reality. And wave particle gravity is huge because it proves that we're living in a projected hologram. We are living in a creation. There's no doubt. The Bible, the Quran, the Sumerian tablets, the Enumi the, Elish, the Mahabharata, we're living in a created universe. There's no way to dispute that. It's created. We know, that the, we know the mathematics now. The mathematics have been discovered in supersymmetry by Professor James Gates at University of Maryland, former presidential uh, scientific advisor. They discovered him and his team of physicists discovered that we are living in a program matrix and the code that operates and allows us uh, this this matrix to form and actually operate is the same as that code that runs search engine browsers and websites on your computer and your phones we're in this we live in that code that's the code we're living in no wonder why we made it as above so below we duplicated what's already inside of our processing we just, re we just replicated it, made it a website, made an internet, made a website, you know, made phones that run on the same coding and programming. It's a special kind of coding called error correcting codes. We're living in that exact same system uh, from this quote unquote biological standpoint, but everything including our bodies exists as waves of light. Matter of fact, when you're not looking at something, it doesn't even, it's not even there. If you're not home, you're not looking at your house, the house is a wave, a wave of probabilities. Now, that wave has a specific frequency. So when you look at it or when somebody else looks at it, those waves collapse into that same frequency. That frequency is locked into a particular shape of a structure. So we can all identify the same type of structure when it's looked at, right? When you look at me, I'm collapsing. You collapse a wave function into this avatar body that has a look that no matter who looks at me, it's, it's a very similar look. You know, people see people slightly differently. I'm very similar no matter who looks at me because the frequency that makes this avatar body collapses. We have to learn how to hack our 
the nature of our reality. We have to learn how to hack the nature of our reality, right? We have to understand a couple things. So maybe a small overlap here again from a previous presentation I may have done, but we have to tell people about the double slit experiment, right? We have to understand that this experiment was done uh, just as a random thing. Let's see what particles look like, microscopic particles would look like on the, on, on the back wall of a box if we shot them through a slit. Something crazy happened. <coughs> First of all, they started shooting individual particles from a microscopic little gun through the slit. When they were shooting it through the slit, they were like, okay, one slit, it just it created a digital pattern. They added a second slit. When they added a second slit, it wasn't digital anymore. They added a second slit and they were shooting one particle at a time. It created a wave pattern on the back wall. Now, what's interesting is a wave pattern means that particle shot from the little gun and turned into a wave of light, a wave of potentials, and then interacted with itself and created a wave pattern on the back wall. So scientists said, man, this is crazy. How can this be? We're shooting solid bits of matter and it's creating a wave pattern. It shouldn't be. So they took a little tiny microscopic camera to put in a looking device to see what was happening. And they put the looking device in there to check out what was happening. This is where it gets interesting. The little electrons that they were shooting through the slits decided we were being looked at. Now we're going to collapse and maintain our particle status. We'll, make, we'll, we'll, we'll stay solid now. So when the, for the act of looking in at, at what was happening, Oh, the, the particle said, okay, well, you guys are looking at me now. I'm going to go ahead and be solid. I'll, be a, I'll make a, a digital uh, mark on the back wall. When you take the camera away, it becomes a wave. When you look at it, it becomes a particle. When you take the camera away, it becomes a wave. What does this mean? It means two things. The first thing it means is that particles, whether it's an atom, whether it's an electron, whether it's a photon, they're all conscious. They're all conscious. Think about that for a minute. Every atom has an electron orbiting it. That means every electron, that means every atom is conscious because electrons are conscious because electrons can make a decision. They can make a decision based off of what's looking at them. That's huge. The second thing is everything exists first as a wave of potentials before a reality is collapsed into existence. So the importance of this is that your life is not hardcore set. There are alternatives that you can take in your life. You don't have to, it, just because of where you started doesn't mean you're going to end up there. Look where I started. Look where I, I started underneath the ghetto. Some of the people that I know today that are hardcore thugs and gangsters, they claim to be hardcore. They couldn't survive what I went through, what my family went through. They would, they, would, they, they couldn't, a lot of that stuff is fake. It's all a front what they're putting out here on these streets and all this on social media. They would be in that situation, man. These, these people would fold mm -hmm. underneath the pressure that we grew up under. They would fold. They would literally fold. And so when I go back to that city, which I just went back uh, right before, I think it was New Year's Day. New Year's Day, I went back. I try to go there once every year or so. Went through a tour of all my old neighborhoods. And um, what's interesting is some of the people, if they're not dead or locked up, they're still there. 
they didn't have the vision to see that there was a lot more for them. Some of those people have never left their zip code, literally have never left the zip code. And and they 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 they, they broke down and accepted the program code that they were given. They accepted that code and they're just running the software. They're literally running software. They said, you know what, this is my code, this is my program. <clears throat> I'm gonna settle on in. This is me until this is me until this avatar body expires. Some people like myself and maybe a few others, <clears throat> they said, you know what? This is my situation now, but I'm gonna break this code. And I'm gonna rewrite a new life for myself and it's not gonna end like this. It's not gonna end here. And that's what's important for you to understand. They even did this with photons, same exact result, showing us that particles are conscious. Particles are actually conscious. And if you understand what that means, you're going to treat everything with respect. Why? Because everything is made of particles and atoms, right? A shirt is made of atoms. Now, where we as human beings screw up, we tend to think that we make things. Man-made. They call it man-made. Man didn't make anything. What man did was we, we found an ingenious way to stack atoms. We take atoms and we operate them. We move them around like Lego blocks. This phone that I have in my hand right now is nothing more than stacked atoms. The atoms are stacked in a way that it turns this into something I can use as a device called a cell phone, right? But the, the fact of making, we didn't make the atoms. The atoms have been here since the beginning of time. These have been here since the beginning of time. We didn't make this, this phone. We stacked the atoms into a format that allowed it to become a phone. But what we did was first we thought about the phone in our consciousness platform. So in the consciousness platform, the phone became real in a multidimensional. From the multidimensional, we took that multidimensional thought and we took it down to two-dimensional by writing it down on a piece of paper, drawing it, or even putting it into a computer program, which is still two-dimensional, a CAD, a computer-assisted design. Once we got the phone in there, that we took it from multi-dimensions in the conscious platform all the way down to 2D. Then we take it and give it to an engineer who then turns it into a three-dimensional object that we can move around on the XYZ axis in space-time. So what we did was we took the consciousness platform, gave us the concept, the idea. We then converted the two-dimension, moving into an actual ability for us to create or stack these atoms in a way that we can actually have this in reality. So it's a manifestation. The phone is the manifestation. This jar is the manifestation. Your computer or whatever device you're watching me on is a manifestation of conscious thought. From that, from conscious thought into what we call reality, right? So we're finding out now that light equals intelligence because everything is made of light and every thought you think is a light wave that leaves out of your skull. So every time you think something, that light wave penetrates your skull and it goes out into space-time. It doesn't stop, it just keeps going. So that wave of light is encoded with data from the actual thought. That's why it's important to, to have and watch what you're thinking. Your <laughs> thoughts are powerful. Thought, well, your thought light waves actually become a but, have a butterfly effect. You can be thinking ill of someone. You could be thinking uh, bad thoughts of someone. And that thought can go out and leave into space-time, encode it with that data. And then somebody else can get that frequency, believe it or not they can download that same thought frequency that you just let go out of your mind. It could have been years ago, and now they're operating on that frequency. They are 
it's, got, it's embedded itself into their program code. Now they're acting on it for, uh, against someone else. That's 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 and you know that's in their reality tunnel. It's crazy. You don't understand really fully how powerful this avatar body is. Our bodies send and receive wireless information through the DNA. The DNA scientifically has been found to be able to send and receive information. Scientists took a gram of DNA, which is enough to put a drop on the tip of your finger. They were able to encode data onto the DNA. One scientist named George Church, he had an ebook, pages and graphics and everything in the ebook. He converted the ebook from, from zeros, and, zeros and ones into ACs, ATs, Cs, and Gs, which is what DNA reads. Then he downloaded that book onto the DNA, stored it in a volume. He replicated the book then 80 billion times on one gram of DNA. And then he uh, converted those ATs, Cs, and Gs back into zeros and ones and uploaded it back to the server again as a digital book. So we know that DNA stores information in the volume and it can store digital information. Uh, one human body can store 13.8 billion years of data, which is about the same age as the universe. So every single person is a walking storehouse of knowledge and information stored right inside of your body, right into the DNA. And now they found that the atoms can even store information. So every atom in your body is storing information right now, just waiting to be unlocked. You can tap into it through consciousness. So we're looking at light waves, and this is important to understand because we have to talk about getting into a high frequency. You hear people say, you need to be in a high frequency, vibrate at a high frequency. And nobody really, a lot of people, not nobody, a lot of people don't really understand what it is. They can't even visualize what it is. You're looking here at a light wave, and you're looking at the wavelength, the amplitude of the electric field, and the amplitude of the magnetic field. These fields uh, propagate with the light wave as it moves through space-time, including the light waves that come out of your head, your thoughts, all your thoughts. And we know that light come out of the head because we can take a cap with electrodes on it, put it on your scalp, and then have you think about things, and we can capture all those thoughts into a computer. So it's real, right? Just like the, the, the TV show I Love Lucy from the 1960s, those radio waves from that night, I Love Lucy TV show are still in space right now. They've traveled outside of our solar system. That's how far away they've gone at the speed of light. And if you, are in, if you are a distant civilization in space and you have the technology to decode the radio wave, which is a wave of light, it's a light wave, you can watch I Love Lucy. Okay? The same thing is happening with our minds. Same exact thing. And so to get on a high frequency, you have to understand that the information you're taking in affects the way that your mind emits waves of light and the way that your body emits energy and frequency. So if you're in a state of fear, doubt, if you're in a, uh, in a state of uh, turmoil, depression, those are low frequencies, okay? Those are low frequencies. So what happens is those low frequencies produce uh, these different types of uh, amplitude, wavelengths, and, frequency, uh, and, and troughs. So you can see here this wave as it propagates across this plane. Now, this right here would be considered a low frequency wave because the height and the trough are, uh, are, are very deep and high, but the distance between the trough and the next crest is very wide. So what happens here is 
This frequency is a what we consider to be a low frequency or a low vibration. Now, we know that when you are looking at, for example, gamma waves and the way that a person, uh, uh, their brain is operating and thinking, when somebody's focused and concentrating, you see this same, uh, same exact uh, wave, but it's very short and close together. In other words, the crest and the trough are close together, and there's a lot of them. It looks almost like a cardiac thing when you're looking at somebody's heart uh, meter, right? When they're when they're trying, you know you're in the hospital and you're trying to see if their if their heart is operating properly. And so when you have those close in, high and low troughs, crests and troughs, very close together, you then create a high frequency. So when you're focusing, when you're intent on something. Oh, When you're meditating on something in a way that you're trying to bring it into your reality, when you're, when you're trying to uh, put action into a thought, the brain goes into high frequency mode. Also, they found when you're operating in something called unconditional love, when you're actually thinking about people in a way that you want to be a blessing to them and you want them to be blessed, you focus on being of service to others, all those create a high frequency vibration in, in the brain. Okay? Low frequency, low frequency vibration. Begging, hoping, wishing, depression, doubt, fear. This is why they pump the fear on the TV all day. They pump fear on the news 24-7, 24-7. Because once you're in the fear mode, then they can just manipulate you. They can, they can throw you around like a rag doll. They have all the control over you because the body just wants to, to solve the fear problem. And they're bringing the fake solution, right? <clears throat> so, you know, we're talking about the oscillation of waves. And it hurts that waves oscillate through space-time. And the reason why it's important because we're going to be talking a little bit about entanglement of these waves and how these waves actually can entangle with each other, right? And so keep in mind that some waves, including electromagnetic waves, also oscillate in space. And therefore, they are oscillating at a given position as time passes. The quantity known as the wave's frequency refers to the number of full wavelengths that pass by a given point in space every second. SI unit for frequency is hertz, which is equivalent to per seconds, written as, and you can see the mathematical conjunction there. So basically, we're talking about the fact that these, what I'm telling you scientifically, I'm backing it up, that your thoughts are going into space, encoded with information from what you were thinking. There's no way to get around it. So a human being exists both as solid matter and a wave of light. <clears throat> you're both. You're both solid and you're both a wave of light wave particle duality and so since we're both we have we exist in a superposition we, we exist in a state of superpositions we exist in a state where there's a lot of probabilities and now we're operating in something called the hermetic principle of cause and effect where every decision we make is going to have a consequence it could be a good consequence or a bad consequence but there will be a consequence so as you're beginning to make decisions on things and put action behind conscious thoughts, you have to sometimes think of what the potential consequence could be. Could it be a good outcome or is it going to be a, not, a non-favorable outcome, right? And the reason why you have the capability of doing that is because you exist in a probable state, in a state of probabilities. The future is not hard-coded and written. You can actually change it 
by each decision that you make. Just Wait, I gotta pause here. Science can power manifestation. 